Hello there. Uh, yeah, it's been quite a while that I recorded something. Hang on a second. This there. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I've been quite busy with things and uh, <clears throat> also was basically gone for a few days for vacation. It's not really a vacation, but you know, like a little small getaway with some friends even though it's corona uh, yeah we're all holed up in a small little cabin somewhere in the southwest of in southern germany not really southern germany but somewhere around there it's south of where i am like three hours south of where i am and it was just like a chill thing to do just to get out of the city but anyways yeah but uh yeah, I thought I should record something else because, you know, just as a habit of recording things and here is another recording. I wasn't sure what I should talk about, but lately I've been, uh, I don't know, uh, I've been sort of, I was a little bored, so I was just looking things up and I've sort of uh, always have been interested in motorcycles, not just any motorcycles, right, but you know, something that looks, I don't know, like I look at it and yeah, I looks nice or it looks like you want to ride it and hopefully it also rides well but yeah I, uh, I got my eye on this motorcycle it's called the it's from a motorcycle brand called Husqvarna which is a Swedish brand uh, uh, but uh, more recently it uh, is acquired by KTM so anyways but yeah so they they released this these bikes called uh, Husqvarna, Swat Pillen, and Husqvarna Eat Pillen. So it's like basically Husqvarna is like I don't know what it means, but Swat Pillen means black arrow, Swat black, and Pillen is arrow, and uh, Wit Wheat Pillen Pillen is uh, white arrow, and uh, yeah, this does are absolutely gorgeous motorcycles. Like, oh my god! And uh, they do produce them in different variants. And you know, uh, as far as I can tell, it starts from two hundred cc all the way up to seven hundred cc. Yeah, the seven hundred cc one has like the largest single cylinder uh, engine in it, or the most powerful. Uh, single cylinder engine so yeah that's that's interesting but anyways so yeah it's it's a and and i've been watching a lot of videos and seeing what people have been saying it's uh, it looks like a bike that you can ride around the city and i think you know the bikes that you want to take on the track the bikes that you want to take on the highway and the bikes that you want to ride around in the city you know, because in a city to begin with you're not going very fast you know there's always a speed limit maybe you're uh, this it's a 40 mile an hour or a 50 mile an hour or a 50 kilometer an hour speed limit and uh, on the highway i mean depends on where you are but here in germany it's uh, you've got autobahn so uh, i don't think the bike would be very optimal to go on autobahn or highways in general i mean it's probably going to be okay but still you know it's uh, and i think from the reviews you can see that 
you can cruise around 80 to 90 miles 80 to 100 miles an hour so which is already nice but still it's a rather small bike and i think at those speeds you would want at least i would prefer a bike that is more bigger and slightly heavier and you know uh, because you're basically just going on a highway in a straight line and you just want it to be as stable as possible or that's that's just my my opinion um because i have ridden uh, motorcycles before uh, mostly smaller motorcycles and uh, all the ones that you would ride in the city they're just fine in the city but the moment you go get on the highway and when you're trying to keep a let's say you're going 100 kilometers an hour you start feeling it. it's just there's always a bit of vibration because a lot of times the smaller motorcycles have single cylinder engine and they vibrate quite a bit uh, at uh, yeah but anyways but yeah so for the city i think these bikes are or uh, these bikes are going to be pretty cool and you know uh, they have two bikes one is like a scrambler style i mean they're basically the same bikes the SWAT pillar and the are the same bikes. Only way, only thing that differ in is the handlebars and a few little stylings here and there. And uh, the handlebars is basically one is a clip-on style, so it's more like a cafe racer. The other one is a scrambler, so it has just a straight handle, uh, which presumably it's going to be more comfortable. And uh, yes, I am not hundred percent sure which one might. Be more optimal although you know i do like the whole cafe racer motorcycles uh, if i ever had the time and the knowledge to build a bike then probably get like one of you know an older bmw or a ho older honda and strip it down and uh, put it together again but yeah so and uh, yeah like but that's not now so but uh, but for me, more for now, that would be something, a bike like this, because it just looks amazing. It's just, uh, and th that's one of the reasons I've sort of shied away from actually getting any motorcycle for the, for the city, because, I don't know, first of all, it just, you can get them, but I just absolutely hate the way they look. Uh, and I don't, I wouldn't want to ride like a, I mean, I like how uh, racing bikes look, that track oriented bike look but it does not make any sense for me to just drive that around the city or from every day just uh, does not make sense uh, so yeah so but so yeah those are more like for track and um, I don't know with more time and uh, um, involvement maybe that may make sense that you have a bike like that and you just take it to a track and you play around it at the, at the track or even just like going on a long ride on a highway, that's still fine. You know, you still can get pretty good straight line speeds from these uh, race bikes on the highway. But yeah, but still, it's a, uh, but yeah, as a daily commuter, there's plenty of bikes, which just, I think it's plain ugly. And that's why the cafe racer thing is more appealing because I think the whole point of cafe racer is like you take the, the bikes that, you know, the production bikes or the factory bikes and you sort of modify it to make it look like you want it to look like or feel like and drive like so yes that's that so that was always like my i was leaning towards but i think with this motorcycle this 
the Huskies or the Huskies, that's what they call the wheat pillin, especially. Uh, that's just, oh my God, it's so beautiful. I, yeah, that, that, that that's a bike, I think. That's a bike worth having, uh, in my opinion. From the reviews, uh, I've just seen the reviews, haven't tried it, and uh, maybe uh, when I'm back home, maybe I'll just get one of those because that, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's that's about the motorcycles. Oh man, so the last weekend, the race in Nuremberg Ring, uh, which is actually not that far from where I am. Uh, it's very close to Cologne, Germany. So anyways, that's that. Uh, I wanted to uh, go see that race, but I've already had made plans for the weekend, so I just, you know, decided, okay, well, it's not even worth trying to get a ticket. I mean, the, the moment I realized, okay, there are tickets, within half an hour they're gone, and they're like more than 200 bucks, and given the trip I already had to go to, I was like, okay, first of all, I can't, I'm, I'm going to be away, and I don't want to cancel the trip. So I decided, all right, maybe some other time. Uh, but anyways, I guess I did not miss very much because as I, anyway, a lot of times I'm like very much focused on Alex Albin's race. He retired and, oh my God, uh, poor guy. I mean, I get it, you know, he's in Red Bull and he should perform and all these things, I get it. But uh, as a fan, uh, you, you still are rooting for him, you know, you still want to like defend him at all costs. And that's, that's sort of a part of being a fan you know, you sort of stick with uh, the guy you're supporting. Uh, and of course, like objectively speaking, and I mean, you can say objectively, you know, many different ways. Uh, or in this case, it's not really objective, but it's in comparison to his teammate. So that's what it is. And people just call it objective, but it's not really objective. Uh, in comparison to his teammate, uh, uh, yeah, he's been underperforming and uh, people expect him to perform higher and he hasn't been, especially this race. It was just bad, especially what he, so basically he retired uh, and that was because of some radiator problem on, I think, uh, lap 24. But even before that, he had two lockups. In a way, it is understandable because there was no practice sessions. There was just one practice session and so and there were some upgrades on the car. So uh, my, my assumption is that, or I would assume that different people take time uh, to, different amount of time to just get used to new changes. And he just had like one practice session with new parts and looks like he has been feeling good, but also looks like he hasn't had time to actually sort of see how much he can push. And uh, I think that sort of, might have that combined with the cold temperatures where you know the tires don't grip properly and all these things and this yeah the cut tires are cooler uh he locks up on lap one and he's still i mean i was watching the replay later like of his race and he was still keeping keeping up with the cars in front with all the shitty vibrations and of course at some point it was too much so they called him in and thing on lap seven so he was again back of the grid he was fighting back up again he uh and i think yes the alpha tories are being a pain in the ass because a lot of times you see you know if 
if the other cars are on uh, like a lot of times you see if the other cars are how do you say or in a different strategy or they know like the other car is just too fast of course you can race them but the problem with that is if your car is slower and you're racing them you also lose a lot of time you know and and oftentimes for example even uh i think was it in russia or i don't know where i think maybe in mutual or whatever the what happened was i think it was daniel ricardo went past valtteri bottas and bottas and and daniel did not put up a big fight and of course in that case and and later you know like of course even the commentators are like oh yeah Daniel did not put up a big fight because you know it's obviously the Mercedes are faster than them and they they're going to be just he's going to be just wasting his own time trying to fight them so uh, there's no point and so it's it's not uncommon for slower cars or cars that are on a different strategy to not waste their own time not that they want to help the other team with uh, letting them pass but it's more like they don't want to waste their own time trying to fight them of course uh, and and obviously uh, i think it was with pierre gasly uh, in alpha tori which is like the red bull sister team he does uh, and and pierre just tries to like really really fight him hard which is i don't know i mean it's it's understandable of course but uh, in in that moment i think alex was like i think he was frustrated was like why and i think it's more like why the fuck are they fighting me so hard i think that's like a more like a question but i think it just came on the radio in a very bad way and now you can see i mean if you go on like twitter twitter i have no idea why people hate him so much i have no fucking idea i don't know like i don't get why they are like just climbing on him as such and i think one of the reasons they're like oh last year pierre gasly was also shat on you know they also shit on him but i think what people do not understand when you're in a team sport a big part of being being in a team sport doesn't matter how good of a driver you are you also have to fit with the team quite well right and uh, from the you know from what i've been reading and listening looks like pierre like locked horns with the guy who designs the car adrian newey i mean that's he's sort of like a legend in f1 you know he 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 basically is like a kind of a pretty good car designer you know uh uh or or he's like one of the legends in make uh, designing these cars and yeah so he instead of trying to adapt his style apparently he constantly got into like arguments with the the team and saying okay this is not how you should do the car this is how you should do blah blah so i think of course he was underperforming or you know it was his first season and it was just halfway through the season and and it understandably it's a it's a it's a car that is rather difficult and his teammate max has been there since 2016 and you know uh, and all these things so in in a way uh, and yeah i mean max is max but uh, so yeah i mean i think red bull have, would have given him much longer time had he if he actually fit in the team uh so i think that i think that was the biggest reason because he was one he was very much underperforming two he was being an absolute pain in the ass so 
And I think that's why Red Bull decided, okay, enough is enough. We're going to, you know what? Yeah, you, you're not fast and you don't fit in well with us. So we're going to get rid of you. I think with Alex Alvin, it's different. I mean, he has shown like actually last year was his rookie season. And I think for a rookie, he's, he's done pretty decent. I mean, especially considering he was not part of any Formula One um, junior team, you know, not, not junior team, but, you know, just like because or academy. You know, because, for example, Russell or so a lot of these drivers who even now from Formula 2, for example, Schum, the uh, Mick Schumacher, uh, Callum Elliott and uh, Yuki Sonoda. And there's, there's a lot of, you know, drivers who are in Formula 2 who haven't finished the season yet, but are expected to, you know, finish in the top three and get the super license points. They are getting a chance in the driver, like in, 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 in like, in a Formula One car, or they had some chance to get used to. It. And with Alex, he just directly came to, he had no chance. Like he was actually about to go to Formula E and it was basically, I guess, I think Formula uh, One dream was over, but uh, since Daniel Ricciardo pulled out and they needed somebody, I think they just put him in. And he did not, he seemed to, I mean, last year it was pretty good, actually. I think pretty decent. Uh, of course, you would expect him to do better this year. And in, in some way, the first two races, it was pretty good. I think the first race, he would have gotten onto the podium. Even last year, he would have gotten onto the podium. But still, I think it would have been nice to just for him to get on the podium uh, this year in the first race. I think that would have set some tone. And then he, yeah, and and I mean, and then he had some bad qualify, qualifications. And, uh, and then he's, but he's always like sort of climbed back up pretty well. So, uh yeah but in a way yeah he he has shown like a lot of potential uh and uh, one of the big things people i think suggest is he has to put together a weekend where he does the qualification well the race well and everything well and he just you know comes the minimum fourth uh assuming the two marks are going to be in the front and max hasn't been able to catch them like if one of the mercury mercedes retires then he catches them, but otherwise he's still third, you know, and you would expect Max to be third if he hasn't fucked up and then Alex to be fourth. So in that calculation, a very realistic would be like him getting fourth consistently. Of course, that's not uh, that easy to say, but yes. Uh, and of course, he, it's also his second year uh, in Formula, like his second season basically in Formula One and uh, yeah, and he's in a way lucky to have a very competitive car because a lot of people just don't get a competitive car right away. And he is, has been quite lucky in the sense. So, yeah, in a way that also shows why there was so much of criticism towards him. But I think he probably would have also, they probably would have gotten rid of him as well. But there's two problems. One, I think they really like him. Like, I think everybody like really, really likes the guy. He's a very likable guy. I think everybody in the team, like they're, really, really rooting for him. Um, you know, they, they really want to see him succeed and yeah, he's been struggling quite a bit. Uh, so I think that's why, so that, that's why I think they're giving him much, a much longer stint than Pierre uh, because it's not being a pain in the ass. And that's usually, you know, people will be like, okay, you're not being a pain in the ass and we see, see potential. So we're going to stick with you for a little longer and uh, not constantly be a pain in the ass to you. Uh, I'm I'm quite sure behind the scenes, Helmut Marko is being a total badass and you know threatening to kill his family or something if he doesn't <laughs> drive faster. 
or something but yeah so that's that's that but anyways so and also they don't have any other person they can write or replace because they're not getting back Kvyat and Pierre you know because if they had this if they wanted to get back Kvyat they would have gotten him back like before they put in Alvin you know because they got rid of Pierre and they put and they so they don't I don't think they want either Pierre or Kvyat I mean the worst case scenario maybe they'll try one of them but I don't know they do, it just doesn't seem very likely so they're like really like all right we kind of find a found a good fit like in terms of like just a person and like the potential he shows so they're trying to stick with him uh, and let's really hope that he performs because one of the reasons I do what's formula one so so this way is because of Alex so uh yeah it would be sad if he's not in formula one anymore uh but anyways so that's that i guess it's too long of a recording so i'm gonna stop talking and uh, that's the regular run of a mill ramblings so adios